Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Flow Line. I've got my lovely co-host here, Matt Offenbacher. Matt, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Michael Brantley's on his rehab start with the Space Cowboys. What? So Uncle Mike could be back in the lineup. Okay. And you know that's something well worth getting excited about. So the Space Cowboys, I didn't realize they're a farm team and they're AAA, is that right? Yes. Okay, I got the whole rundown. My daughter's head softball coach is a huge Space Cowboy fan and he brings his daughter to all the games. Yeah. Because they're a lot easier to get to and it's actually a pretty good little diamond and because she's seven, she can't go through nine innings at the Astros. (laughs) She can make it a few innings at the Space Cowboys. So anyway, yeah. Well, they do an amazing job. So for all our listeners out there who are captivated by this (laughs) <laughs> the great thing is the tickets are relatively inexpensive. Yeah. The stadium is much smaller, so you're like much closer up. But the thing with minor league ballparks is there's always like a gimmick to get people in. But almost all of them, so like there's an amazing playground in the outfield. There's like a swimming pool. Like there's all kinds of stuff for kids to do kind of in the back outfield. Along with like the main outfield is like all grass. You can just sort of sit wherever And then, of course, they have the seats. Yeah. And, you know, so I used to, way back in the day, when I was in college, I was in Round Rock, that was the Express, which used to be affiliated with the Astros. Okay. So when players were injured and doing their rehab starts, I would go up to Round Rock and watch the games so I could see, the you know, my favorite Astros player pitch a few innings or whatever. Yeah. And for $3, you could sit in the outfield, all grass, on dollar dog night. What? crush you basically yeah like if you bought a beer that was probably the most expensive individual thing you paid for that night no way and friday nights they'd have fireworks like they do a great job with kind of family friendly stuff and so the space cowboys is a great would recommend it's, cool. it's a little bit of a hike seeing that i can walk to minute maid no but kidding. like we've been to a couple of games now and really enjoyed it so what is the difference between space cowboys and the skeeters So the Skeeters were, they got rebranded basically. Oh. So the Skeeters were like a single A, like whatever. And then the Astros affiliated with them, they became a triple A. And then, but they upgraded the ballpark and did some other things for a triple A level team. And then they renamed them kind of tying into the Astros and everything. And and you got to give it a gimmicky name. That's Ah. part of the minor league attraction. So are most of the minor league players former major leaguers or up and comers? A lot of it's up and comers, so you sort of work your way up. And so that's the other thing is if you follow prospects and everything, that's where you get to see some of these guys that you might be real excited about, you know, making their way up. Wow. And so it's like Jordan Alvarez. It was funny because the guy was just destroying the minor leagues. Like it was like, yeah, and people were like, when are they going to bring this guy up? But they waited till a specific time, like to get an extra year of service as a rookie, basically. Yeah. But like up until that point, like... He couldn't hit anything less than a double. It was just like, it was so ridiculous how much he was like dominating the minor leagues. People were like, really? And (laughs) sure enough, he showed up and he was ready. Just completely destroyed it. Yeah. No, that's so cool. Are the Astros doing well right now? I mean, I haven't been paying attention. They swept the Braves recently. Boom. That was big. Braves are really good. They were all like late come from behind wins pretty much. That's exciting. 
home runs from Jordan Alvarez. Was it here in Houston? No, it was, it was in Atlanta. Oh. It was funny because like the first one, you know, it was like, hey, bring in the lefty specialist because Jordan Alvarez is at bat. And he immediately hits a, like a two-run homer. And wow. then like the next game, I can't remember who they brought in. It was earlier he hit a two-run home run. And then like yesterday, it was they tried to bring in the same like lefty specialist and he hit a single and drove in some runs. And it was just one of those like, you're in this guy's head. Like, wow. so crazy, man. rent free, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Right on. All right. Well, moving on here, you know, I thought to bring up, we had a great request from a gentleman on LinkedIn who reached out and, you know, again, thanks for the support and out of respect, I won't mention the gentleman's name, but again, it's a mud engineer out there who works for us and had a good question. And I uh, thought we could bring it to the table, answer it, Matt, and then hopefully get him what he's looking for. What do you think? Yeah, love it. Perfect. So it has to do with sodium chloride in oil based mud. Matt, should I read the question? You think? I yeah, should if do you that? don't, if yeah. you don't mind, maybe just for give context. Some context. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Here I got it right here. It says, da, da, da. "I'd be interested in learning more about NaCl, so sodium chloride contamination in AES vert, which is our oil based mud invert emulsion. I ran into a little issue with it. This hitch." on an intermediate in Big Lake. Also the importance of the two salt check if you're having issues when your normal mileage, hmm, normal check looks good. Anyway, yeah, a little bit of a typo on my end here because I was recopying it over. But you get the gist of the question. Again, real good question, Matt. So yeah, let's talk You know, quickly just to, to sort of lay the foundation here. What's the typical invert emulsion drilling fluid consist of from the chloride perspective? So usually we use calcium chloride. There's a few reasons we like it. Mm -hmm. It's relatively cheap. It offers some density. And the other thing is we normally run it at about, I'm just speaking very broad terms, depending on customers, we might run different salinities. That's another bag for another day. But typically 25% by weight or about a 10-3 calcium chloride, which has a water activity of about 0.75. So the big deal with water activity is... We've talked about this. Everybody knows how much I love talking about water phase salinity. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> the idea is generally that the internal phase or your brine phase has this water activity that you hope is somewhere near what the formation is. So you don't have an osmotic effect where water moves through that membrane. The salt will stay there. The water will move. So you could either dehydrate the formation and cause embrittlement, or you could wet the cuttings and make them sticky. So we don't want either scenario. We want to be balanced, if you will. Most of our formations aren't really that sensitive. That's, once again, whole other thing. But generally, baseline, we're, we're targeting that. So the important thing about that is, one, you know, you have some water available. So calcium chloride saturates out at about, you know, or, or gets that water activity closer to one at about 38% by weight or like an 11.8 pound per gallon at surface. There's a couple of important things that available water does, but one of them is these emulsifiers or surfactants, they have a side that likes water and they have a side that likes oil. And they align themselves to make the droplets with by the water aligning with the water-loving side of the surfactant. And so if you don't have available water, sometimes they might struggle and you might not have as stable of an emulsion. But the other thing is if you end up with effectively a bunch of dry salt, you can spend wetting agent really fast. So... That's important, but if we go way, way back in history, well, not way back. I'm old enough to remember this, but it's probably still is way, way back. You know, Deepwater Gulf of Mexico, as it was sort of taking off, 
there was this thing where you, you wanted to drill below the salt. There was a salt layer, and it was very challenging. It just it was like 10 feet. You drilled through this thick salt layer, and then there was like a tar layer, and you were kind of in your reservoir. There were a lot of things about the salt moving and all that, but the other thing that would happen is you drill through effectively a big chunk of sodium chloride, and that salt would slowly but surely work its way into solution into your internal phase of your oil-based mud. And what would happen is your water activity would you, – you'd basically cap out on your water activity. Mm. But the thing is you were doing a titration. You were doing the single salt titration in your oil-based mud. So basically what you're doing is checking your chlorides and working out what that equivalent is in calcium chloride, except for you also have sodium chloride in there. And so you're not realizing that you actually have a lot more salt than you thought. And then you oversaturate and your emulsion gets stressed and you might even have emulsion stability issues. Gotcha. So the trap there was that, you know, you risked oversaturating, you didn't have the right water activity, and this whole thing became a mess. And so as a response, they updated the procedures in API 13B2 for mixed or called binary salts. I'm going to qualify this, though. You can drill in other areas, and you might hit some magnesium chloride or some other things. Overwhelmingly, it's probably sodium chloride and calcium chloride. And most of the stuff, you know, we're probably talking about intermediates, and let's pretend it's West Texas. Drilling some of those intermediates, you drill through a pretty healthy layer of salt, sometimes with water-based, sometimes with oil-based. Depends on where, when, why, whatever. But you could experience a fairly similar thing where you start bringing some sodium chloride into your pristine calcium chloride mud and you want to try and separate this out. And so the basic math in your two salt, the idea is that, okay, I get my chlorides, but I also get my calcium. All right. So if I have my calcium and I have my chlorides, I can do some math and figure out how much of it would associate with calcium, you know, would become calcium chloride. Mm -hmm. And then I can basically figure out my total chlorides minus my chlorides from calcium chloride. And the other chlorides are probably from sodium chloride. So you subtract those out. You can also calculate out, you know, if some of that material is insoluble, so on and so forth. But the two salt will help you isolate the difference between what is contributed from calcium chloride and what is contributed from sodium chloride, where the single salt would only assume whatever chlorides you're showing are from calcium chloride that you put in the mud. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It kind of reminds me of the hardness check and then doing the calcium check, and then you can process by elimination, i.e. minus one from the other and get your magnesium. Yeah. Similar concept For sure. Absolutely. And that's the deal is if you know it's associated with calcium, then everything else should be sodium in more general terms. And so we've even come across questions where people have said, look, I'm already kind of getting this in and I'm doing my two salt check. Could I, you know, since sodium chloride is cheaper, could I just sort of start throwing that in? Maybe, but keep this in mind. One thing is that to get a, a water activity to match, you basically have to be saturated sodium chloride, right? To do that, we find ourselves back in the same position where we're stressing that emulsion possibly. Right. You know, so I'm not saying you can't get away with it. I'm saying that it can create a mess through the regular course of business where you'd rather avoid it. So hypothetically, if you had a very, like if you had a formation that was not requiring a, so if it had a very, very low water activity, you could then use sodium chloride if it was. Yeah. Or you could try and like play the game. Keep in mind that you've got to match solubility, right? So yeah. the problem is the calcium chloride at some point is going to start pushing sodium chloride out of solution. You've got to be pretty close to saturated. So 
all of that being said, our lives are complicated enough, and I tend to discourage this. Not to say that you couldn't get away with it. Right. Not to say people don't and haven't done it. And certainly when you're drilling through a bunch of salt, you learn how to live with it. Yeah. But the supposed savings relative to the risk and cost of confusion to me haven't won out. Yeah. And I mean, again, we've been doing this for so long. Surely if it made sense, that would have, I mean, that's somewhat low hanging fruit to at least try. So I'd imagine years and years ago, folks were like, why don't we just try sodium chloride? And I'm sure if you talk to folks who'd been around, they've probably, oh yeah, we tried that, but we went back. And so again, theoretically it's possible, but I think it's, Again, I don't necessarily think it's enough to move the needle and make a game changer. And then especially if you need a higher chloride concentration, well, then it totally negates the whole idea anyway. So Yeah, to me, the two salt is kind of a mess. I've been involved in a few projects where we just use sodium chloride as the internal phase. It can be done. It's just, what do you do if you want to go back to conventional? Well, yeah. that water phase is kind of jacked up. So mm-hmm. not my favorite, but hopefully that sort of explains... You drill through some salt, why that incorporated salt can screw up your chlorides when calcium chloride is so much more soluble in water. Right. Sodium chloride isn't as much, but not knowing which is which can really throw you off when you do your treatments. So assuming, let's just say you do get a bunch of sodium chloride contamination, do you just kind of then dilute and continue treating as normal to push the rest of it out? Or do you have to do any like dumping or what's sort of the mitigation? I'd continue, I'd work with it, right? But the fact is you've got to stick to your two salt. You've got to know what you have and know you're not pushing it too far. It doesn't go into solution as fast as you'd think. And our intermediates aren't long enough that it's going to totally screw up our mud, but it is going to throw off your treatment if you don't monitor these things. Gotcha. And if you've got a target water activity, you've got to kind of keep that in mind. Remind the folks and even me, because I might've missed it a little bit. But so if, if that happens, and let's say you're not quite... I guess, confident in your testing because maybe you're fairly new and you're still trying to figure out how to test oil base mud or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Are there some telltale signs at surface that you could see? Like if, okay, I know I'm drilling salt, but these properties are just kind of getting wonky. Like what would that look like? Any idea? I think a pretty sudden shift in your calcium chloride should be your first tell, right? Because if it's drifting up and you're not treating, I mean, one, do your two salt check if you're drilling salt you'll know. Right. You won't have to be surprised. Sure. But let's say for whatever reason, you know, I think signs of stressing the emulsion, just not getting the same response out of your calcium chloride additions. Um, Will it like get thick and nasty or would that take some time? Or So if you hammered something with too much salt, more likely what's going to happen is because your sodium chloride is going to show as calcium chloride, you're not going to have enough calcium chloride and your water activity is going to be too low. So you're more likely to have like sticky cuttings. But let's pretend you start throwing stuff in. We start throwing a bunch of salt in and what you're going to see, I've actually made a video in the lab of this once just because I wanted to show the mud is going to start to get dull, like a stressed emulsion. Mm-hmm. And it, then it starts getting really thick. So it starts to lose that shine yeah. that, you know, is mud in good shape. And then Basically, once you have whole salt or once you start having dry salt, it's not only that you had the stressed emulsion, it's that especially if it was calcium chloride, yeah, you can't oil wet it. Like you can't provide enough wetting agent to actually, it's going to pull all of the water, everything. And so you're going to burn through wetting agent like crazy, mm. but you'd know because you're probably also going to have a heck of a time circulating. <laughs> so perfect. 
Well, uh, again, I think that was a good conversation to have for the listener who posed the question. Hopefully we answered it. If you need us to elaborate or if you'd like Matt to elaborate on anything that he mentioned, again, reach out to me again. We'd be happy to elaborate if we need to. Hopefully we answered the question. If anyone else out there has experience with this or wants to sort of chime in on the conversation, we'd be happy to listen in. And again, thank you for the question. If anyone out there has another question, whether it's to do with this or just anything else in drilling fluids, please reach out. Some of the best episodes we've had are ones that have come in from the listeners as questions. If you could review, subscribe, share the podcast with one of your closest buddies. I'm sure they're just thirsty for drilling fluid information. And with that said, everyone, take care and we'll talk to you next time. Take care, y'all. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flow Line. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.